Hi, you're with me, Josh. This is uh, actually my first recording um, of uh, this podcast. I'm going to be focusing on sports a lot, a lot of sports stories when it comes to basketball, football, cricket, um, you know, Formula One racing as well. That's something I've been getting into um, as of late. So I'll just be bringing you a lot of breakdown stuff, um, a lot of behind the scenes, maybe a couple stats and trivia stuff that you, you know, kind of uh, gloss over but you kind of need someone to uh, tell you about it um, so that's what this podcast is going to be focusing on you know I've actually been wanting to do this for quite a while so this venture is something I'm really excited for and I hope you are as well today I'm going to be talking to you uh, about the ICC Cricket World Cup T20s okay because we are right now in the business end of it uh, the first semi-final went down last night between England and New Zealand Coming into this tournament, England were definitely hampered by a lot of injuries, especially to Ben Stokes um, and Jofra Archer, okay, who is the best white ball bowler in the world. Um, you know, it was a huge loss for England having these two main stalwarts in their team uh, missing out. And, uh, you know, coming into this tournament, they were expectations were high, obviously, for England um, because they were trying to put, get their hands on the T20 trophy as well, having won the World Cup in 2019. Um but they were taking on a very, very dangerous New Zealand side, okay, who have been counted out way too much. They've always been a, a really good tournament team. They always show up when tournaments come around, and uh, they've all, they've had they kind of carry this persona of being the underdogs, kind of being the dark horses that people often tend to dismiss. But I feel like in the past they've always been this team um, that you know just can't get over the hump. They always get to, you know, big stages like the semifinals or the finals and they can't get over the hump. But beating um, English side who coming into this tournament were huge favorites to win it all and, you know, were unbeaten in the group stages, just absolutely destroying and mauling over everyone and anyone who was, who was in their path. For them to beat a side like that, okay, that, would, that should give you a huge confidence boost going into the final, no matter who you face, whether it's Pakistan or Australia. Coming into this game, of course, New Zealand having the most economical bowling attack with Tim Southey, Trent Bolt, and Mitchell Santner. And uh, England, of course, having the power-packed batting lineup okay, of Johnny Bairstow, uh, Jason Roy, uh, Joss Butler, Owen Morgan. And, uh, you know, the, the list goes on. I mean, their batting lineup is just... It's it's vast because it spreads into the all-rounders as well, like Moeen Ali and Adil Rashid, Chris Wokes can bat. So they've got a long batting lineup. So coming into this game, it was who who could get the best of who? Would it be the bowling that comes out on top or could it be the explosive batting? And, uh, you know, England actually started off pretty well uh, during the power plays, Bairstow and Butler uh, getting things started. Once Ish Sodi and Mitchell Satner came into the mix uh, along with, Tim Southey and Trent Bolt, who had kind of set the pace during the power play, England kind of pegged back, you know, and they ended up on 167. Now, chasing that target, New Zealand were in a spot of bother, okay? 13 for two after just 3.3 overs, and uh, things were not looking up. You know, I, me personally watching the game, I was like, oh God, here we go. I mean, England's just about to take over, but Daryl Mitchell, who coming into this tournament was not even in the squad. It was a sort of like a surprise decision by the New Zealand selectors to involve him as a opener, okay, and uh, give the wicket-keeping wicket responsibilities to Devin Conway and take out a wicket-keeper from that team and put in an extra bowler, okay, which, would, which was obviously Adam Milne, who is 
Express. Express pace. I mean, 140 to 145 can even touch on 150 kilometers per hour. He is an absolute premier express bowler that I personally think should have been in the squad uh, for the t- for the T20 international that they had leading into the T20 Cricket World Cup. So Daryl Mitchell coming in, uh, really anchoring the innings, scoring, a, you know, getting up to a big score. He's the one that really carried New Zealand to that finishing stages. And obviously Jimmy Neesham, who's been... You know, this was uh, Jimmy Neesham's coming out party. You know, he's always been touted as this very talented, very explosive all-rounder uh, who could cause a lot of damage for a lot of teams. But he's never really quite lived up to his potential. So I really feel like last night was his coming out party. He came in, um, whacked a couple sixes and uh, really carried New Zealand to the finishing stages. Now, this, of course, would be very um, therapeutic, you could say, um, or like a relief factor for the New Zealanders having, you know, lost that crazy epic uh, 2019 World Cup final against England where the scores were tied at 241. They went into super over and the super over was tied as well. And England actually won on boundary count. Okay, so um, this was this was definitely a relieving match for them. I feel like they exercised a lot of demons in in this game and uh, really showed that they, you know, that they're about that. They, they are, <laughs> you know, they're about that action. You know, a lot of people kind of look at the New Zealand team and kind of look at them as nice guys. You know, they're, they're really cool, calm, easygoing dudes. But uh, man, oh man, they really do pack a punch and really showed last night. Now, my prediction <laughs> actually uh, before this game um, I had a wild bet with a friend where I thought that it would be an all oceanic finals encounter in the UAE, okay? Which would mean New Zealand versus Australia in the final in the in the UAE. I mean, what has tournament cricket come to? It's it's just crazy to comprehend. Uh, but let's move on into the second semi-final going down tonight uh, between Australia and Pakistan. Man, you know, Pakistan have been absolutely unstoppable in the UAE. You know, coming into this game, they're right now 16 consecutive uh, T20 international victories. They have been unbeaten in the UAE since 2019, and uh, they seem to be on a roll. I mean, the support that they're having at all of these grounds, at Sharjah, at Abu Dhabi, at Dubai, it's absolutely crazy. And, you know, it really feels like a home crowd kind of atmosphere. And you can tell that they're really feeding off the crowd. But history and records is not on their side leading into this game. Yes, because Australia have managed, have beaten Pakistan in all four of knockout games that they've had in uh, T20 World Cups plus the World Cup. Okay, so leading into this game, Australia are four games to zero against Pakistan. So history is definitely not on Pakistan's side. But, you know, you can never count them out. They could easily just absorb that support and all the cheers and the chanting and the screaming of the fans when you're being led by an absolute monster like Babur Azam, okay, who right now is the top run getter in the T20 World Cup. When you're being led by someone like that, someone so confident, someone just, you know, the, when, when he walks into the wicket, there's a certain fear factor that I kind of compare it to a rain cloud. You know, when, when on a sunny day, a rain cloud just, you know, kind of disrupts the sunlight and everything just gets dark for a second. That's how I compare Babur Azam because he's just one of these unstoppable forces that really has this uh, you know fear factor to him and when you're being accompanied by very reliable batsmen like Mohammad Rizwan uh, veterans like Mohammad Hafiz Shoaib Malik who showed up in the previous game and when you've got a star bowler okay like Shaheen Shah Afridi very very crucial reliable spinners like Imad Wasim and Shadab Khan I mean he's just surrounded by monsters 
okay? And uh, I, I, I think it's going to be an absolutely epic encounter. I cannot wait for this game to get kicked off. Australia coming to this game, you know, a lot of question marks with their middle order, okay? How is Marcus Stoinis, uh, Glenn Maxwell, um, you know, that, that, that middle order who haven't been really tested out properly, how will they fare if the top three batsmen get out cheaply? That's, of course, Finch, uh, Warner, and Matthew Wade. And I think that's the key to victory, okay, for both sides. Because just like Pakistan, Australia also have a very top-heavy kind of tournament. Uh, I saw this stat actually on, on uh, Crick Info where uh, Australia have scored 694 runs in total so far. 410 of those runs have come with the top three. Okay, that's the opening batsman plus the number three. Same thing on the Pakistan side as well. I think the keys to victories for both sides is to try and get a um, the top order batsman cheaply and kind of maybe expose the middle order. Uh, but of course, you know, Shaheen Shah, it's going to be a contest of fast bowlers. Okay, Shaheen Shah Afridi versus Mitchell Stark, Josh Hazelwood, Pat Cummins. How is Pakistan going to handle all that pace, that barrage of just pace? You know, just coming at you. And then Australia have a really good way of slowing things down when they bring on Glenn Maxwell, Adam Zampa. Then they switch over to a really aggressive short bowling. So, you know, their tactics coming to this game um, is truly special, which is why this makes for a very, very intriguing encounter. That game goes down at 7.30 p.m. tonight. So do make sure to tune in for that one, man. It is going to be an absolute barn burner and uh, i cannot wait you know because all roads lead to sunday when the final of the t20 world cup takes place and of course this is a very crucial stage a very crucial tournament for all the teams especially for the two teams that end up in the final because for the first time ever in the history of cricket there's going to be four world cups back to back to back okay 2019 there was of course the 50 over world cup this year in the UAE, the T20 World Cup. Next year in Australia, there will be the T20 World Cup again. And following that, the 50 over World Cup in India. A lot of bargaining rights, uh, a lot of bragging, not bargaining, <laughs> a lot of bragging rights for any team that wins. So, Which is why this was a very crucial tournament for England. Because had they lifted both uh, the 50 over World Cup plus the T20 World Cup, I mean leading into the the other two they would be absolutely unstoppable so now new zealand have something to say having won the world test championship recently against india so they're riding high uh, on that final on that final victory which will of course give them a lot of momentum a lot of confidence going into this upcoming final on sunday but uh, yeah like i said man all roads lead to sunday okay the t20 world cup i know that will be going down and uh, with that being said uh, that's a wrap okay uh, of the first podcast uh, of course ufc is something that I'm very, very passionate about. So I'll be talking about those when a big card arrives. Uh, of course, football is one of my undying passions, um, as well as uh, basketball and cricket. So I'll be touching on that uh, a lot more as this, uh, you know, as as I start to knock off some of these episodes. So it's going to be fun, um, and uh, you know, hope you enjoy the ride. We're going to be here for a long time, uh, so do stick around and keep it locked right here to Josh's podcast, The Score.